Hello and welcome back to BizPod. On today's episode, we are talking with Phil Pellucci. He is the CEO and founder of Billions in Boxers. Uh, he does podcasts, he does coaching, and really just a, a great story of just sticking your neck out there and getting in touch. Oh, pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's been an interesting time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you know what? Pretty good. I mean, I had, um, it's been a, a bizarre year. So I, I caught COVID oh, earlier in the year. Um, I hear that. Which, uh, no, thank you. Um, you know, it, it was weird. I always say like, when I, when I first caught it, I said like, I was, I was definitely throwing myself a pity party. I was like, oh, this sucks. Why me? All this kind of stuff. But actually now I genuinely say getting COVID was the best thing that ever happened oh. for me. Wow. Um, because it really made me reevaluate everything I was doing in my life, mm. how much I was working, my business, just everything. And the irony is we're actually doing better now, both efficiency-wise, productivity-wise, financial-wise than we were pre-COVID. And I'm working two to three hours a day and taking every weekend off. Wow. Um, That's incredible. Business is, business is booming as a result of the lessons that I learned. Oh, really? COVID. And what what exactly was it that kind of swayed you? Was it just kind of putting yourself in context or how did that kind of revelation occur? So it mainly, most of the, the, the I mean, there was a series of things, but the biggest one, I guess, was, you know, realizing that I no longer had the energy to work 10, 12 hours a day, which I had been doing and, and realizing maybe I was going to be able to do two or three at most and, and speaking with all of my clients mm. and my past clients, existing clients, clients who are about to join us and really saying to everybody look if i've only got the energy to invest two to three hours a day where would you get the most benefit from my time like what is it that you get the most from with me and what was fascinating was every single one of them bar none said it's the coaching work it's the strategy stuff it's the working one-on-one with you that's the stuff that we get the most from because we come to you with a problem and you go ah there's an opportunity here's Mm. a solution and it all comes together um and what I found interesting about that answer was that actually that was the bit that I enjoyed the most too. And it was the bit that I wasn't really doing that much of because I was so busy doing all the other stuff in the business. And it was like, actually, I can just put a lot of that stuff down or I can outsource a lot of it and I can just focus on the bit that I enjoy doing the most and my customers are getting the most from me from doing. Um, and doing that kind of led us to where we are now, which is oversubscribed with what we do you know it's a it's a it's a nice position to be in lots of people are worried about their business closing down we're we're now looking for our, our record wow. year um i always i always say like the first the first million as a coaching practice was it nearly killed mm. me like it, it nearly finished me um the second million is going to feel much easier we're going to get there much quicker and i'm actually going to have energy by the time we get there unlike the first one the first one got there and i felt like the guy who finishes a race by like <laughs> crawling across on his hands and knees yeah mm. um it very whereas this time i'm, I'm being energized by oh, my that's work, fantastic so. it's, it's um, kind of a funny how a uh, goals can just kind of like the first one just comes and then you if you do that again it like passes you by like i remember seeing an interview with uh notch the creator of minecraft and he was talking about how 
when he got his first million, it was like the most monumental thing ever. But the second one, he didn't even notice it until he was at ten or something. It's a, uh, it's uh, a awesome. funny way. But I love yeah, that. with the the billionaire and boxer stuff, how did you get into all that stuff? Because uh, you've mentioned now that you've kind of consolidated it a little and you sell, you know, podcasting, yeah. the coaching. You you do a bunch of stuff, sell. I do, yeah. So um, it's all very much connected. Uh, so billionaires in boxers. Um, I always say I was dragged into coaching. <laughs> uh, so I basically, I, I started podcasting about 10 years ago, a bit, a bit longer now, actually, probably closer to 11 years ago. Um, over 10,000 hours of podcasting. Wow. So a ridiculous amount of talking. Um, and I, I treated it very much kind of like Napoleon Hill meets podcasting, right? My attitude is I want to learn from these really successful people and that's what I'm going to use the podcast for. So my attitude is always, if I'm learning and growing from this, then I'm, I'm winning. If people then go and want to listen to it, fantastic. It's also an incredible bit of content for marketing because, you know, people are sat there sort of scratching their heads going, what do I write a blog on? Meanwhile, I've got 150 hours a month of podcast to, mm. to be able to share out. And it's like, this is, this is easy. Um, but what I started using podcasting for in my business, probably about, seven or eight years ago now was using it to network right so using podcasting is like this global networking tool and i'm a big believer in that business is a team sport and if you want to get to the next level it's about recruiting better members to your team so small example if you wanted to do more keynote speaking events in your industry so that you can now start to be seen as an authority in your industry the best way to do that is to network with people who are already speaking at those events and the event organizers. And podcasting is a phenomenal way of doing that because for the speakers, it's like, come and try out your new material. Let's have a conversation. Let's explore it. For the event organizers, it's like, come on my podcast and sell tickets to your event and I'll talk to you about how this works. But by the end of that, if they've resonated with you, it's like, hey, I like you. We should do business together or you know, I've got a workshop available you can do, or what do you think about doing a talk at this event? We're still looking for speakers. And it, it revolutionized. It was like, I, I describe it as finding the business mm. cheat codes and everybody else is like working <laughs> really hard to try and get to this level where people invite them. Meanwhile, I'm the guy that's on the news because I'd made a relationship with the journalist a month earlier. Um, and, I, and then about five years ago, that's where the coaching business started. Because people started to come to me and say, hey, can you teach us that bit? <laughs> like, yeah. we have a successful business, but we aren't the go-to brand. We aren't the number one in the industry. You know, we're not even the first one that comes to mind when people think about what we do. Can you help us to become an authority figure? Can you help us to become an influencer? And I just taught them exactly what I knew how to do, which is use podcasting as global networking, keep networking, keep adding people to your team you know, reconnect with your essence. So you fall back in love with your business. So I, I'm a big believer in your vibe attracts your tribe. Okay. So if you raise that vibration and then go and speak to these people, you you're almost welcomed mm. into the inner circle and that's how you get to the next level. Yeah. Mm. I, you know, I, I love the, the idea you kind of said about just kind of forwarding your own education, just having these fantastic conversations where you can learn more because, you know, that that's a, a big reason why people are listening to podcasts is to, you know, learn and get these new Very points of so. view. So to be able to get in the, the driver's seat is, I, I imagine you know yourself, is a fantastic thing. Definitely. Yeah. So for me, it was, you know, people always find this really strange when I, when I say it, but I really didn't care if nobody was listening when I first started the podcast. Um, I mean, now it's quite cool that they are, but um, 
like I really didn't care because my, my attitude was I'm growing from these relationships. I'm learning something from every single conversation and, and I'm getting better as a result of what I do. And I'm learning more about my industry and even my customers. Like how many businesses do you know that they'll sit in a board meeting and they'll say, how do we reach more mm. customers? How do we communicate more with our customers? And it's like, here's an idea. Why don't you ask your customers? Like that might be a, a novel idea, but podcasting is a great way of doing that. Cause you can talk to somebody like, I used this as an example with somebody the other day. They said, I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, and I wanted to ask some advice. And I was like, okay, sure. I said, I don't know what I, what I want my business to be. I know what sector mm. I want to work in because I'm really interested in that, that field, but I don't know what it is that I want to do. So I keep Googling like most valuable businesses in this sector. And it's like, okay, right. Well, let's do, let's reverse engineer them. I said, if you've got a passion for this industry, start a podcast it wasn't a client of mine it was just somebody who was giving some advice to but i said start a start a podcast and invite business leaders on from that sector to talk to you about their business and about the industry and all this kind of stuff i said and ask provoking questions you know what's the plan for 2021 what's going to stop you from reaching that goal you know what what do you think is the biggest obstacle you're having to overcome as an industry right now you know what's what do you what did if you look back five years, what are you really pleased with that you overcame? They will tell you the answers of what's wrong with the industry. And all these business ideas will just be given to you on a plate by people who are already in the industry going, you know, it's a real pain in the backside doing this. And once you've heard that five or six times, now ask people that, Hey, listen, do you have a problem with this? Like, do you, do you, do you find this like a big headache? And if you get 10 people to say yes, you've just found a niche. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I guess that's uh, one of the keys and, you know, trying to just have a good online presence at the moment is and not enough people are kind of differentiating themselves. They're just like, you know, for instance, in our field, being a, a video production company, there's some people that are just like, yeah, we, we make videos. And it's like, yeah, everyone makes videos. What What's interesting about yourself? And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I guess it's all about having that niche and making something that sets you aside. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, you know, people have to have a reason to get in contact with you. Um, I mean, you, th you take like a, a service-based business, like an accountancy firm, like accountants all do the same stuff, right? I mean, so how do, how do you pick an accountant? You know, well, I pick an accountant based on, do you work with similar style businesses to mine? Do you understand the challenges of my business? Have you done that before? Do you understand how to make sure I don't give all the, the government all of my money, but also don't end up in prison for not giving them any money? Um, you know, do you get it? Because if you're sharing content with me saying like, look, I work with digital businesses that have money coming in from all over the world. And you've got some that are paying VAT and some that aren't. And you got transfers coming over and then money's getting sent back over to pay contractors overseas. I'm used to that, those kind of transactions and I can help you. It's like, great. You just, you're, you just saved me a big headache. Yeah. Whereas if I just pick a local accountant, for example, who, you know, most of their clients are, and I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but most of the clients are things like local restaurants or uh, taxi services or whatever, you know, or like a, a hotel or a venue or whatever they're not used to the same level of international transactions going on and paying overseas people. So uh, I need someone that kind of understands that from me. So if you, if you, if you shout about what your niche is and who it is that you can help or better still, you get your clients to shout about it. You know, you, you win business by sharing client stories and customer stories. That's how people buy. It's not you saying, Hey, I'm the best at what I do. It's someone saying I use these guys and they were amazing. And this is who I am. This is why I needed them. These were my reservations and this is what they delivered. Cause anybody reading that or watching that or listening to that, 
that has felt the same thing will go, oh, that's me. Like, I, I, I resonate with that person. There we go. I should work with them too. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess that kind of leans into just being so like noticing throughout a lot of the stuff you're you're doing it's all social media driven and it's just very much just sharing what you you've done for other people that you can of how you've helped and what other ways uh what like adversely what people can gain by just getting in contact and what can uh, happen it's funny i have a love-hate relationship with social media um in fact only up until recently, I wouldn't have actually said that I do much on social media at all. Like we have a decent presence and share our stuff on social media, but like, yeah. I don't like social media. Uh, and I, and I don't like social media because I, I've, I've been the guy on the other side of the table trying to figure out, you know, how I'm going to win business, how I'm going to grow my business. And this is before I kind of discovered the power of podcasting and how it can all work with, with combined networking and all this sort of stuff. But you know, I paid thousands of dollars to coaches who I found on Instagram who were like, I can help you achieve this. And they can't. And like, they're, they're just good at advertising and click funnels and stuff. And social media seems to be full of, um, there's such a small percentage of people who are actually adding value. And let's say the remaining 80% is split 40, 40, and it's 40% people saying, this is all nonsense. There's never anything good online. And 40% people just trying to sell you you know yeah. snake oil it's the it's the mm. it's the look we can get your business to eight figures it's like how could you possibly make that statement without knowing the state of somebody's business like how how can you, you know we have the templates to get your business to you know earning a million dollars in the next six months it's like what does that even mean like how are you going to do that it's so yeah. vague and like it's so fluffy mm. and then you get there and you buy the course and you suddenly find you know, it's just out of the box templated stuff that's given to everybody over and over again. And, you know, I, I typically find from those courses, you'll get 10, 15% value at best. And the rest of it's just fluff that they've put in there to sell the course. Mm. Well, and that's heartbreaking. There's so much, I think, about authenticity online, especially when you are representing a company. So I know it's, it's, it's slightly easier because me and Anton are the face of what we do. So, we, you know, we're happy yep. to do selfies and that kind of thing. Um, and I think there is a real authenticity in promoting of, look, you know, here's our faces on the job doing our work that we can yes. tie in. But there's definitely, we've heard from some people that as as you then start to grow, there becomes a point where it's right. The company actually needs its own face and can no longer be, be that sort of authentic sense of self how, how do you feel about that i completely disagree oh okay. completely disagree uh so my 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 specialism if you will is taking businesses that are three years plus um usually doing between a million and five turnover per year and getting them to that next level you know they feel like they've they've done well they've they're now they're not a small company anymore now they're getting into that medium territory but they feel like they're getting battered, you know, that they, they haven't quite made the, the weight upgrade yet. Um, and they, they, they want to get there. So you, my attitude to them is quite often, you need a personal brand. You need your face attached to this because it's far easier to grow a personal brand than it is to grow a business brand. You know, a prime example of that would be go and look at all of the different Virgin media accounts, Virgin media, Virgin money, Virgin Atlantic, count out how many um, followers they have. And then go and compare that to Richard Branson alone. Richard Branson dwarfs them yeah. two to one every single time. And it's because it's much easier to relate to a person than it is to relate to a brand. You know, you think about Elon Musk and Tesla. You know, you 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 look at 
uh, SpaceX even, you know, it's him, isn't it? He's mm-hmm. the face. Like you don't want to hear from Tesla. You want to hear from Elon Musk. You know, you, you don't want to hear from SpaceX. You want to hear from him. And it's, it's, if you can have that, you can help your brand get to the next level by sharing who you are as a person and by you becoming an authority figure in the industry. I mean, the amount of people that I now know that their clients want to work with them specifically as a person. And that's when they then find out the name of their company. It's like, I want to work with you as a coach. What's the name of your business? Let's use this as an example. Tony Robbins. There's a coach you've all heard of. Any idea what Tony Robbins business is called? That's a marvelous question. I don't <laughs> So, but this is the point, but you, you would want to work with Tony Robbins, but you would have to do so through his company. I got no idea what his company is called. Bob Proctor. Bob <laughs> Proctor has like a fancy name for an academy. Like, I don't know what his name is for. It's like uh, some paradigm something or other. I don't know, but I, I don't know the name of his company. Mm. I know him. Mm. Um, so your personal brand is actually going to be the thing that allows you to reach that next level and, and become the, the person that, that people want to speak to. And the good thing about that is it's far easier to grow a personal brand than it is to grow a business brand. Yeah. And you know, it's one of those fantastic things where it especially helps if you're, you're moving between a bunch of different stuff, you know, being, uh, especially when you look at some like successful entrepreneurs, a lot of their career has been jumped between different companies and they've always carried that uh, network forward, which is mm. kind of daunting starting off and being like, oh, uh, James over there has a bazillion connections or whatever it would be, but it's all carrying that network forward, which mm. is very important overall. Mm. But you know what? You only need to be famous for a handful of people. This is what I often say to people. Like I get clients that come to me all the time and it's like, I want to be an influencer. It's like, okay, why do you want to be an influencer? It's like, well, so that people know who we are and we win business. And it was like, so you want to be famous because you, ha- you, haven't, you haven't mentioned who you want to influence, which is kind of a big part of being an influencer. Yeah. Um, and it's like, when you want to be famous, it's like, well, what do you want to be famous for? And it's like, well, we want to be famous so we have an abundance of clients. But then when you take them out of their comfort zone a little bit, so you take a service-based business and you say, okay, how do you, you feel if I give you 10 extra customers? It's like, we can handle that. 50? Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch, but we can do that. 100. Okay, the wheels are starting to fall off now. 150? Yeah, you need to stop. Mm. 250? It's like, no, we're in big trouble now. And it's like, so if I make you famous and hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people know who you are, how the hell are you going to cope with that if you if the wheels have just fallen off 150 extra clients? Mm. You know, you may only need to be famous for 300 people to win 150 new clients. So it, it's about having a a network that's relative to what it is you're trying to achieve. You know, you can have a really nice lifestyle and just have less than a hundred customers and people know who you are, regular work, regular retainers. You know, a lot of our business, about 80% of our business is recommendation and referral based. And I Mm. love that um, because I always know where people have come from. And I I find it fascinating to hear how my clients sell me. Mm. I always think that's a really interesting lesson. Uh, when they're talking to, you know, they're on the golf course talking to their friend going, you should do this. And this is why. And it's like, I find that really fascinating because then I learned so much about my service that way because I can talk about the things that I think are the benefit, but then my customer is saying, I love this bit and yeah. this bit, and this is why you should do it. And, it, and it's, there's something really and powerful. Kelf, in the, the, the beginning, would you say like podcasting contributed to getting that kind of initial couple people through the door that kind of passed on, like, they were like oh you know chatted with phil you know they they were telling me about this it's and ended up going ahead with it it was fantastic and just building that initial network 
podcasting changed everything. The vast majority of my network was built through podcasting. Now, obviously, relationships have then developed beyond that and kind of gone to the next level. And I've then met people at events and things as well. But you know, even to this day, I'd say at least 75% of my customers I've never met face to face. We only have digital relationships because they're they're all over the world. Mm. And podcasting is what allowed that to happen because um, you know, you can you if you spend half an hour doing a pre-call with somebody and then an hour to 90 minutes on a podcast with somebody, you know, this is not a short amount of time to spend mm. one-on-one having a conversation. So by the end of that period, you know whether you resonate with this person or not. You know, and it, it's the it, often they will invite it they'll say hey i really like you we should do some business together or like we should definitely keep in contact or i think my friend such and such a person would love you let me introduce you to them but actually like don't be afraid to ask the question like you don't have to hard sell i often do it by the form of an introduction or or a request so i'll get to the end and say look i've really enjoyed this conversation um just a reminder this is what i do as a business so if you know anybody in your circle that you feel a benefit from this just let me know and the amount of times that they say oh me yeah. like i would benefit from <laughs> yeah, this yeah. it's like great you just invited yourself that's awesome um and so don't be afraid to have those relationships but you know it, it's it's just getting out there and networking and having those conversations but it's almost like the opposite of normal networking, if that makes sense. So you think about these business networking events. Most of the time, everyone's sat around a table and they get like a minute to two minutes to pitch themselves, don't they? And no one's paying any attention to what anybody else is saying because they're so busy thinking about what am I going to say in my two minutes and not Mm -hmm. sound like an idiot. Um, And then you stand up, you do your piece, and then you sit back down. And then the only real bit of networking that gets done afterwards is that really shameless, let's swap business cards whilst having a coffee and a biscuit at the end. It never really seems to go anywhere. Just Half the time, it's just like an excuse to get out of the office. Whereas podcasting podcasting networking is, is very different because it's much more conversational. Like you can't, you can't fill an hour's worth of discussion with here's my business card. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, it's far more about the, you know, it depends on the the, the version, but if you're hosting a show, it's far more about asking questions and trying to get the value from your guest. Whereas when you're appearing as a guest on a show, that's now your opportunity to be the person who's having that information extracted from them. So they're two sides to the same thing. Um, and it's important to do both in, in equal measure. I'd say for every podcast you do, you should guest appear on one. That's, that's the rule that I say. Um, and as a result, you will you will grow your own audience because people will listen to your show. They'll listen to the guests that they like and they'll think, oh, I like them. I'm going to stick around. If you're appearing on somebody else's show, their audience hear you. And if they resonate with you, they're going to come and check out your content, um, which is why you'll often see a lot of people doing podcast mm. exchanges because then it's like you're doing it for each other and you're bringing the same audience twice into the same melting pot mm. and seeing who, who sticks. Um, but networking through a podcast changed changed everything like it, it the, the funny thing is i'm based in the, the uk i'm based just outside liverpool i'm not supposed to be i'm supposed to be in cape town south africa but covid had other plans oh dear um <laughs> and yeah I know. so so but i've only got one client here in the in fact two that's our lie i've got two clients here in the uk one is from the us and the other's from zimbabwe so i don't actually work with any brits wow. full stop um now I don't know why that is. I've tried to surmise previously and trying to work it out. And I kind of think it's because Brits aren't just as open to the concept of having a conversation for the sake of having a conversation and seeing where it goes. They need an agenda. They need a reason. Um, 
Whereas a lot of my clients are in North America, Australia, Southern Africa, New Zealand, and they seem far more open to just going, let's talk. In fact, I tell a lie. I have one oh. British client, <laughs> but he, li- but, but, but he lives in New Zealand and, oh. has the, the, <laughs> and has them for years and years. So he's, he's more like a Kiwi now than he is Cheating a Brit. Cheating the system. Um, <laughs> Slipping through the cracks. Uh, yeah, exactly. But you know, can you imagine like if I was just trying to grow this business without podcasting and without like yeah. global networking, I'd be trying to focus on a market that quite clearly isn't the right market for what it is that I'm offering. Because it's not, you know, we don't work with those people. It's not like I've deliberately said, I don't want to work with Brits. That that never happened. It was just, you know, I put out my podcast, I put out what we do and I go and do a masterclass somewhere and the 15 to 20 inquiries that come off the other end come from people in the states and canada yeah. they come from yeah. australia they don't come from the uk so you, you go where your audience Absolutely. are right and um at what point did you feel like it finally clicked it's like oh this can be more than just you know having some fun conversations you know uh, on a Thursday night and seeing what's going on to oh this could actually push my career forward was it kind of you started to see results and was like this is it or it's an interesting question. It was it was very deliberate. Um, so I had actually been podcasting prior to using it for business. Um, I've been podcasting in sports about 10, 10 years ago now. And by the time I started using it for business, I'd actually grown and sold two sports podcasting wow. networks. So I already knew that you could make money from podcasting. I already knew the power of networking within podcasting. What I didn't know was whether or not I could use this for my business. Yeah. So I used a really, I often describe it as like a really primitive strategy, which was I made a list of the top 100 companies I wanted to work with. And I invited each of their CEOs onto a podcast. And I invited them to talk about themselves and their business. So who are you? What's your journey? And who's your business help? And where's it going in the future? And the reason it was those two subjects was everybody loves to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. So there's a big tick. And they're paid to talk about their business. They're paid to advertise and get their business out there. So there's another big tick. And I knew that I wasn't going to sell them anything. I wasn't going to try and convince them. I wasn't trying to flip it. That wasn't, I wasn't doing any of that. This was, in fact, I'll tell you a little secret. I didn't intend on winning any of them as a client. I didn't mm. think that was what was going to happen. What I, what I originally thought was going to happen was I'm going to go and interview the top 100 CEOs that I want to work with. And I'm going to resonate with them. Some of them I'm going to get on really well with and others I'm not. And the ones that I get on really well with, I'm going to share those pieces of content with the next level down in terms of client, you know, the kind of B level mm. clients instead of the A level clients, you know, they're aspiring to be like that company. So me being seen alongside that CEO is going to help me win clients there, but that's not what happened. I actually ended up winning loads of those clients from the top 100 list. So in the space of a quarter, we went from me in my kitchen table with my head in my hands going, I'm never going to win another client ever again to needing hire, needing to hire 25 people full-time globally to help me deliver the work because we now had more work than we knew what to do with. Um, and it never really stopped from there. Um, you know. And then we'd, we'd need to kind of slow down winning clients. And it was like, okay, I don't need any more clients right now. So what are we going to do for podcasting? So then I started podcasting with people that run the major events in my industry and started to be invited as a keynote speaker to these events. And then we started to win more clients from that. And um, we won federations exclusively. Then we, we beat our larger competitors who hire like tens of thousands of people hands down. Like we never should have beat these people. But it was the fact that we were out there having those conversations and building relationships Indeed. and they weren't. Hmm. They thought they were they they thought they were too big for that. Yeah, and 
Yeah, and I think in this time as well, particularly when we all sort of feel like we're locked inside, I think there is definitely an element that, well, we're locked inside with the internet and with this ability to sort of connect with people everywhere. And so it is mm. interesting that you, your model clearly can sort of function in uh, a pre and post COVID world because it, it yep. is about those those human connections, but maybe through digital means. Very much so. If anything, it's actually been, um, we've had people coming back to us that I probably spoke to about a year or so ago now saying, is it too late to start a podcast? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's like, because now it's like, oh, he was right. This, this crazy podcasting dude was right. We should have listened. Um, now, look, I had no idea COVID was coming. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. But I, my, my attitude was more that um, we're moving from like the industrial revolution mindset into like the age of the boutique entrepreneur, the person that can work with whoever they want from wherever they want. We can, we don't need an office. We, you know, we can work from our home. Um, we can work from a beach. You know, we could have that nomadic lifestyle and go and travel the world whilst working. Like I'm, I'm a firm believer in that, but how are people going to keep that human centric relationship if they're all traveling yep. all the time? Yep. And what, what I started to see more and more of was kind of coaches and businesses kind of using much more digital means to try and attract people. So landing pages and click funnels and videos and cookies that stalk them around the internet, just showing them the same advert over and over again. It's not very mm -hmm. personable, is it? It's just, you're just being chased by this stuff. It's like being hounded by some guy with a placard until eventually you give him some money and say, will you please go away and leave me alone? Um and that's not the way business should be done. You know, the amount of great deals that I've had both, you know, pre-podcasting and after podcasting that started with somebody saying, I really like you. We should do business together. Like they're the great relationships. So it's like, how am I going to get that relationship from a video on Instagram that's chasing somebody around to get them to sign up for my course? It's just not going to happen, is it? So for me, that was, that became about, I need a vehicle where I can speak to these people one-on-one -on -one and build a great relationship, but preferably have a platform that other people can engage with that content too. And that's where podcasting for me just became this, this beautiful thing that, you know, we've now done radio work and a fair bit of TV work as well. And podcasting is always still my preferred form of, of communication. Yeah. I love it. I mean, and it's, it's a really great way to, I think we were chatting a little bit about this earlier. There's sort of like a, a practicing talking to people, which at least I feel that a little bit of the last, you know, six months or so, um, you can kind of fall out of those social habits. So again, it, it has been wonderful, not just to be talking for like your, your human soul, but also, yeah, as like a right do we like you? You know, who are you? What do you do? It's, it's, it's actually been a brilliant thing. So, so we sort of feel your sentiment, um, of, of how brilliant it can be. No. And I love that you've started a podcast. I mean, I've been listening to some of your shows and listening about your business and you, you both mentioned on a couple of occasions, you know, you don't have, you don't have business degrees and you're still learning kind of how to grow your business as you go along. The best bit of advice I can give you is, you know, find mentors through yeah. podcasting, you know, mm. eat, each podcast episode can be its own little individual mentor session with, with somebody who's, who's already at a different stage. Like you're not looking for one person that knows everything. This is always how I describe myself. Like I am not some guru that you can come to and is going to say everything. I am, I am one cog in a big wheel. Now that cog might be very important to, to help your machine function much better and help you make more money and be more successful, but I'm still just one cog. So if you're trying to put together a machine, Go and look for lots of different little cogs and say, right, I'm going to learn this from this person and this from this person. And don't underestimate the power of podcasting. Mm -hmm. You know, there will be people on your bookshelf 
who you love their books and learned so much from that if you reach out to them and invite them onto a show, we'll say yes. And when that starts to happen, that's a very exciting feeling. You know, I did it with the, I'm a big fan of the secret movie. I'm sure you will come across that at some point uh, based on the book by Rhonda Burns, you know, the secret movie reached like 500 million people. We now, I, so I've started off by inviting several of their coaches onto a podcast to come right. talk to me. These are some of the biggest and best coaches in the world. Yeah. And they said, yes. Um, then one of the guys from the secret movie is the director and producer of uh, one of their sequels called How Thoughts Become Things. A guy called, a great guy called Doug Vermeeren. Doug then introduced me to loads of the other coaches and said, why don't you meet them and interview them? We're actually working with several of them now. They work as mentors within Billionaires in Boxers. They do live events with us when we're allowed to do live events. Um, you know, we're, they're going to be joining us for a movie that we're recording at the end of 2021. So, but all of this, like these are people I watched on my TV and took so much away from. These are people whose books I've read and I, I learned so much from them. And now they're friends that send me multiple motivational quotes and introductions on WhatsApp a few wow. times a week. I mean... How can I not love podcasting yeah, for that? And uh, you know, I think just that kind of message of just you know, stick your neck out there a little, get in touch with people, have a conversation. Uh, it's just a fantastic takeaway. And kind of in a similar vein to that, if people listening wanted to kind of get in touch, learn about more what you do, how would be the the best ways to do so? Uh, good question. Thank you. So uh, two best ways to get in touch with me: you can head straight to our website, which is billionairesinboxers.com. Um, lots of podcasts on there and as you can imagine um, and you can have a good read about our work and what we do so go and get go down the rabbit hole and get lost on the website um, or indeed if you want to speak to me directly LinkedIn or Twitter is usually a good bet you can find me at Phil Palucha which is P-E-L-U-C-H-A I'm uh, I think I'm the one of the only Paluchas uh, I've the got the, the market <laughs> so, corner uh, the niches dealt with <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're, that, your that, exactly. is saved. Anybody searching Palucha is uh, is gonna find me. So uh, that's good. In fact, I feel really bad for the guy. who's a, a photographer based in Czech Republic with the same name, and I've bumped him to about page eight for his own name. Oh. I feel really bad. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, but yeah, they're the, they're the best ways to get in touch with me. Thank you. Now, that, I think, is a, a very resident um, episode with us just talking about podcasting, really hitting mm. close to home. <laughs> yeah, he, he knows his way of how to sort of add the networking in, into your work, and I think that's something everyone can take away, whether you're directly doing podcasting or not. I think the importance of networking and connecting with human beings is, is just so important at the moment. Yeah, and I think this is actually a really marvellous point to say uh, on the BizPod podcast where if you do run a business, even if you're like a couple weeks in or decades in, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to come on, tell us how, how things have been going. Uh, I think just the fact of learning about different people and different businesses is a lovely thing, Louise. Yeah. And um, if they wanted to get in contact with us, how could they do that, Anton? Uh, marvellous question. You, have co of course, get in contact with us on Instagram and Facebook at NACA Media, L-O-P. <laughs> and uh, we've also got Similarly the Similarly with LinkedIn as well. We've got, um, that's NACA Media L-O-P as well. Absolutely. And uh, then finally, we've got the website at nakamedia.co.uk. 
And um, if they wanted to send us an email or a raven, how would they do so? Of course, we have this uh, little wee, uh, we take advantage of all technologies such as uh, this little wee known thing called email, where it is contact at knackmedia.co.uk or your friendly neighbourhood raven, this will fly uh, swirly towards us with great haste, so quickest way to get in touch, I I promise. I love making you just go through all the names that I can't fully remember. It's uh, my my one, uh, if not good specialty. We'll see. <laughs> my niche. <laughs> Your niche. All right. Thank you very much for listening, and bye for now. Au revoir.